What was um? Uh, hang on. I, okay, I just want to. Are you sure you're ready to record? Yeah. Okay, because this is already too late. I think I'm. Re- I think I'm ready. <laughs> what was like? It's not Diggle. Diggle it. No, there's some like a funnel cake web tumbling service. Like word that anyone like someone could just say around you and it'd make you giggle. It came up the other day because somebody just tweeted Diggle, mm-hmm. and it. Oh, you're thinking Diddly. Oh, all right. I'm thinking of Diddly. Yeah. You remember when that happened? Yeah. Okay. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Luca Studios Podcast. I'm Nick, and he's Ryan, and we're doing a guide. Nick, come on. They haven't heard from us in a while. You have to put your best foot forward here. You have to, like, set a press not set a precedent, but just remind the people why we're here, and that's that we're here for them. We're here because we love them. We love each and every one of you. Each of you are tender in my eye. See, this is why I have you around. <laughs> You're much better at lying to the audience than I am. <laughs> no, I believe it, Nick. I, oh, well, you're so good at this. I mean, I don't want to... I mean... <laughs> I don't want to lift the veil here, but like, I don't... You don't want to open the kimono? Yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know if, we're, if I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I, I like to provide a service or anything, or if it's just you know, an excuse to get together with my friend and talk about things we like to talk about. And, you know, maybe if anyone likes to listen to it, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I did it. I lifted the veil. Yay! The honeymoon's over, you guys. Aww. There are all sorts of wedding metaphors. Gross. We're throwing the bouquet, and look who's catching it. It's Griffin McElroy. Now you're married to him. Podcast oh. wedding. <laughs> Man, they introduced these new wedding rules in the last patch update? I don't I don't know. They changed the balance. Something awful. <laughs> what? Rice is way OP now. What is that supposed to mean when like they throw the bouquet? Is like the person who catches it that's supposed to be like, oh, you're gonna be married next? Like, what is that? It's like a luck thing, I think. Okay, because the bride throws it blindly behind yeah, her, yeah. so it's just like, oh, who gets it? Oh, you're next in line. I don't know, like the the history of that. I don't know where the the source of that is. Okay, which I'm sure there is some sort of source in that. Considering, and I, and I bet it's like <laughs> real fucked in some way. Oh yeah, I mean, do, do you know like a, an interesting uh, like folk thing that I heard of the other day? The Baba Yaga? No, no, I know about the Baba Yaga. She's got that that cabin on chicken legs. Yeah, it's fucking great. Necklace made out of teeth or something. I don't know. Okay, go on. Um, telling the bees. All right, I gotta hear this one. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I something that came up on Tumblr, and you know, it was just a, a piece of text with, you know, some picture from a tapestry, a la the Bayou Tapestry. Not the Bayou Tapestry. That's that Cajun Tapestry. The, the, the Bayou's Tapestry? I don't know. I've never heard it pronounced. Be- Belarus? But, you know. Uh, the, Belarus tra- ta- the Belarus Travesty. The Baba Yaga Telepathy. <sighs> anyway, apparently it was some uh, like folk tradition in like Northern Europe in some kind of medieval era that when some kind of event happened in your family, like somebody fell ill or somebody was married or, you know, somebody went off to war or something like that, you went out into the field and you told the bees. And that's where we got the sound of music. I think that's where we got the phrase, mind your beeswax. Ooh. Okay, that could make sense. 
seeing as that's relating to like speaking out of turn about stuff. Yeah, or, or sticking your nose where it doesn't, where it doesn't belong yeah. into someone else's beeswax. Yeah, where the bees have ferreted away all of their secrets. You mind your beeswax, <laughs> and I'll mind bees. <laughs> Yo, I would listen to some cuts from the bees' sides. So, like, we know that bees communicate. They have dances that they use to tell each other things. Mm-hmm. Like, think about what they might remember. Think about what they might know. They probably knew that, like, that dead king was buried under that parking lot. Because somebody went and told the bees about him. I mean, we we have, like, a (laughs) benchmark for, like, the most remembering species, and that's the elephant. Are you sure? Elephants never forget. Elephants are fucking weird. Like, just flat, like, flat decree. Like, there is a... There is not a point at which elephants forget, <laughs> just as a culture. Oh, even when they die, there's just elephant ghosts around being like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Yeah, or, um, <laughs> I'm thinking it's like it's like a it's like a culture. Like they have like oh, the best oh, sort of. They're they're like a race of archivists. Yeah. Oh, dude, what if it's like a sci-fi setting with like uplifted animals and whatnot? So it's like people chilling in space with dolphins in space suits, but the dolphin space suits are full of water. They could use that as the opening theme song. And elephants have been uplifted, and like they just run like all of the bureaucracy and the banks and like archives and stuff because they never forget. Now, see, the problem is you said upli- uplifted animals, and I got this picture of just like. Everyone pouring out of the auditorium in the Animal High School after, like, the youth group just came in and gave their, like, brat break performance. <laughs> they were it's just... like, oh, man, all these animals are uplifted now. We've done a good job, boys. And then they fly away on a rocket, I guess. Oh, just like crocodile and anteater, happy hands, coral group. Yeah, everybody's just, like, singing and skipping, even though they're so dressed like 90s grunge animals. Wait, they're grungy. Why are they grungy? Because they're teenagers. Okay. Teenagers are grungy. Yeah. Okay. Like, the, I, I don't know. Like, maybe it's because I grew up in the 90s and I remember yeah. MTV, even if I was not, like, a part of that generation. Sure. But, you know. I've watched a pop-up video. Like, teenagers reach a point of being grungy during their entire time. Hey, man. I am wearing a torn flannel shirt right now. Yeah. The more things change. Man. <laughs> more things should change. I tried patching it once, and I'm like, real shitty. It's sewing. Yeah. It was real rough. It's not easy. There's certain techniques to it. Yeah. Oh. I, I got, like, <laughs> negative dexterity. Oh, boy. Uh, so. Just real rough thread work. Which, um, what part of, like, like uh, natural mysticism folklore would you like to introduce? What do you, what? I mean, like, you know, somebody was like, I got to go tell the bees. You know, probably somebody with, like, dementia or schizophrenia or something. Oh, like, what would I like to usher in? Yeah, yeah. It, th- this is this is akin to the which non-farm animal would you like to see on a farm argument. Ooh, okay. Um, I always thought that bears were very human-like. Mm-hmm. Like, of, especially just of non-primates. Like, they seem... Can, okay, can I, can I just take a guess at where you're going with this? Okay. You want to start a new TV series called The Bear Office. <laughs> how is that like how is that like a folkway, Nick? That's not what you were pitching me. Um No, because like there is like a secret office full of bears. That was the loudest um. <laughs> Rip headphones users, Christ. Oh boy. It's okay, I'll balance it later. Okay. Um 
No, I, I was thinking like... Okay, go on. I thought I would try. What if... What if there's just like a village of bears in the woods and like they... They they like... It's like a cargo cult. Like they they make the trappings of human society even if they don't understand why they do it. Mm-hmm. And they're just sort of aping us like apes might. Right. So, like, they've got fences, like, made out of, like, long grass and sticks. And, like, they've got mailboxes, but the mailboxes are just full of raccoons because, like, raccoons are living in there. They don't have a postal surface. And, like, I just, okay. Um, I mean, I think I was just taking it to its logical conclusion. Imagine. You have, like, a bare town. Yeah, yeah. With bare houses, you know, they clearly have some sort of society, which means they have some sort of economy, which means there's bare work. No, 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 no. See, they're they're making the symbols of of what they've seen from powerful people, right? Even if they don't understand why those things were made, so they're just making, you know, basically using they're they're making totems out of what they've seen. Um, I'm. It culminates Mm -hmm. in two bears. One of them's in his backyard, like leaning up against the fence, and the other one pokes like just his snout over. Oh, so you went to to Bear Home Improvement? Yeah, I went to Bear Tool Time. Okay, that's what I want to see. I want to see Bear Tool Time. Okay, that is your folklore. That yes, that is. All right, no, that's that's pretty legit. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm done with that. I, I want stories about a weird bear cargo cult living in the woods because, once again, like of non primates, I think bears are very human like. In in their mannerisms, in their diet, in the way they behave. Okay, but but in 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 the tales like just of these bear totems, physiologically, like, yeah, the bears are like there and they are imitating, or yeah. is it just like okay, so it's not just like like there could be an interesting thing of no, actually no, that would come out to be like a bad sort of like I won't say like a bad Nick Cage movie with like you know original script by uh. What a twist guy, Shamalian. Yeah, maybe. Um, because then it's just like you know, people are discovering houses in the woods, but nobody lives there. And then, as it turns out, bears built them. Well, yeah, yeah. In my mind, it's kind of creepy because it's like, you know, they're they're reaching for humanity, but they're doing it in like this weird puppeting way. You know? Yeah. It's just sort of like creepy and melancholy. Because How about you? What sort of what sort of folklore would you like to invent if you could invent folklore? Mm. I mean, that's the thing. Like, well, I mean, the first question is, like, like, do you go with, like, the modern or do you keep it something with nature? I mean, because, like, I went to Bears. I don't know. That's on you. I, I, I want to say, like, the uh, like the midpoint is somewhere, like, right with, like, uh, Sewer Kings. Oh, yeah. Like, Rat Kings. Sure. Like, I feel like that is, like, all right, there are animals. We don't quite know how animals work. They've been around way longer than us. We are based yeah, off of the animal that, model. That's a rich time. But then sewers. That's a rich time for folklore because there's still so much mystery in the world, but also cities. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, what do I usually go to? I go to the stars. I go to the moon. Okay. Um, actually, I think I already came up with one that, like, I, well, I guess mainly, you know, or mainly I've heard it through the Japanese were like rabbits in the moon or yeah, heavily yeah. tied together. Um, I would like That's to, where they pound the mochi. I would like to think that rabbits are actually in like a constant struggle for the moon. Like there's some sort of uh, moon war going on. Okay. Um, I'm not entirely sure who it would be against. I don't know if the moon has like natural inhabitants. I don't know. Maybe some sort of space ghosts. What if it's just earth rabbits versus moon rabbits? Uh, I mean, 
No, because then you got to worry about like what if they interbreed and they get into a very protoculture, proto bunny culture sort of situation. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's something about like you know we have rabbits here and you know rabbits are, are really trying to take the moon. I mean, like why they're trying to take the moon? It opens a, a lot of space for what it could be, but you know. So then the the rabbits on the moon, like they're intelligent and stuff. Are the rabbits here aren't? Are they like no? The the rabbits here. Are oh they are just as intelligent. It's as an them. intelligence oh, that we don't understand. Okay. You know. Oh, okay. They're like just, they're they're. We don't see a need to fight over the moon. They do. Okay. So they, they know something we yeah, don't know, they don't, and we interpret it as um, ignorance. They don't see a need to build cities and have language. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going with. Ooh, that's interesting. Because like, there's something about rabbits' eyes. They uh, they got that thing like lizards got. They look in both directions at once. Yeah. Like that's the and they're they're just like. Sometimes they're just black, you know? Sometimes the yeah. rabbit's eyes is just that undifferentiated black. See, now, that's an interesting thing. What if it's, like, rabbits are, like, we didn't know it, but they're master, masters of, like, astral projections? Oh. And so it's, like, a war being fought, like, with uh, other, like, higher realm beings, and they are, you know, above us, they're in space or on the moon, but they're on, like, another plane oh, or on the astral plane? we're just, like, seeing their physical shadows. Well, that's the thing, because, like, then if, like... The spirit of a rabbit dies, but his body is fine. Then you get those black eye rabbits. That's how you can tell. Oh, no. Those are the ones that we lost. Yeah, I think that sounds pretty solid. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, that This has been um, Ryan and Nick's like short fiction workshop. Ten minutes. <laughs> hey, if you got another ten, we're set. <laughs> well, I was hoping... <laughs> That we might. Oh, you want to talk about video games? I thought we might talk about some video games, as is our typical milieu. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about some video games. I guess we can do a little bit. Of that. We went to the library the other day. Yeah. You and me. We did. Um, and we picked up two bitcons. Mm-hmm. We picked up the King of Fighters thirteen. Just just before we leave. Okay. Um, I like what you brought up. Can we begin referring to our houses as totems? Like I'm going back to my totem, and we'll catch up. Well, no, because you know, you know why you build a house. You build a house to keep yourself safe from the elements, so you have a place to put your stuff. The bears just build a house because they've seen us do it, and they want to to grasp at our power. Um, this goes back to the argument about like uh, somebody was trying to argue that architecture is not art because architecture has a function, uh, function? to it. Yeah, sure. Um, but at the same time, like. It's sort of the manner through, like, there's a lot of creative design that goes into how you achieve that function. Because, like, you can just have, you can have a gazebo. A gazebo and a house are very different things, although they have much the same function. Yeah, yeah. Um, In that sense, can we say that many... And, like, does this person just, like, do they just want to ignore, like, the long history of religious art and architecture, like, being intertwined? I mean, like, as soon as you say, like, Victorian, like, there are Victorian houses, and they have a very specific, like, artistic style to them. Yeah, I mean... It, no, this person was some kind of ignoramus. Okay, sure. Um, but but just going to that idea that, like, you know, uh, a house can be a, like, it is functional, but it can also be a totem in the sense that, it, like, it is, you know, many, especially, like, you know, modern houses kind of we live in, they are, they are functional, they are... Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they are created, so they are, like, striving to create an order. Like we are, you know, it, they are a symbol of how we strive to um, create our own environment, like in totality. Like, it, mm. b- basically, no, sli- no, no. I, I see what you're yeah. saying. We we put our own like cultural house, lens on what a house. You uh, know, I'm just saying a house is step one to the matrix. 
Oh, jeez. Like, like eventually we will create our own like like self contained universe. Okay. If oh, you, if, okay. Yeah. See, I would just say that like, like no, like if if architecture was purely functional, then all of the disparate societies on this earth before they all became interconnected would have created the same kind of architecture. Yeah. Um. I, well, I mean, not. I mean, obviously, it's it's influenced by their environment and everything, but. Like, I, look, that's what their entire culture is. We were talking about. Yeah, uh, okay. We so we got a bag of frozen corn, and we did not realize that it was southwestern corn. Okay, and southwestern corn is just corn with like peppers in it. Okay, so you know things that are southwestern are just shit with peppers in it. Because you know <laughs> what they got in the southwest? Peppers. They got peppers and corn. Yeah, gourds. That's how cold. I did not realize on the latest iteration of my risk map, yeah. uh, I did relabel the Mediterranean as cuisine. <laughs> the Mediterranean is is a sea, though. It's not well, it, a, like it's like not like a that territory. Like the thing, it's basically like Italy and the other bit around it. I think oh, it's like okay, Greece. like yeah, 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 that territory, like Eastern Europe. I think it is on most most risk maps. I probably would have just written the home of cuisine, but I did not have enough room. <laughs> Pizza came from here. <laughs> the source of the epitome of cuisine. Pizza. So we went to the library and we got out a couple of video games. <laughs> Nick made, I think, a very solid, very solid selection in the video game Blur. Yep. Um, And I made... The mistake that I keep making... Which is that, like, I appreciate fighting games artistically, and mm. I appreciate, like, seeing them played, but I'm not good at fighting games, and I also don't enjoy playing them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not just one or the other. It's just like, no, like, I'd like to play this for about 20 minutes and look at all the characters and see, you know, sort of how they move around and stuff and look at all their cool sprites. Yep. But like, And none then of I the... want to stop. But, like, none of the mechanics appeal to you. Yeah. You I was I was realizing, I forget what game I was playing when I realized it, but fighting games You remember when we were talking about like why like trying to figure out the difference between like um like puzzle like Call of Duty and something else when they both seem to go down the path of getting really good at a single action? Sure, sure. Um I think fighting games are very much in that same thing. Because, like, there is one activity to fighting games, and that is punching your opponent. But there are, like, tons and tons of systems around how you inflict damage on your opponent. Um, I, I would actually say that the, the prime thing you do in a fighting game is you want to control your opponent. Um, like, either in the, the very obvious way of, like, no, I'm doing a combo to you right now. Mm-hmm. So you are not doing anything, and I am harming you. And thus, I become closer to winning. And then in the sort of, like, zoning, you know, distance control sense. That seems like a very StarCraft-inspired view of it. I mean, if you think so. Well, because, like, cause like I, I mean, like, like, think about, you know, what... Um, cause, cause, picture no, your, I mean, I mean... Okay, you, you go first. Uh, Fine. I, I, I do see what you're saying. And that it's about control. The problem is that, like, like I see that very much about control. Like, not too long ago, I was watching, like, some, like, very high-tier Quake 3 arena playing. Mm-hmm. And that had nothing to do with shooting each other. That had entirely to do about, like, like 
we both know where the power-ups are, where they're going to spawn, the shortest distances between them, mm-hmm. and it's just about, like, I need to hold you up long enough here and deny you access to this corridor so that I can get that first, and just, like, anytime we see each other, there's, like, a certain damage per second, and it's just about, I need to keep my numbers higher. <laughs> and, like, it, it was it was an entirely different experience from how I've ever played yeah. a, a shooter as such. Um, but the thing is, you can say that with fighting games, you can say that with StarCraft, like, it's a lot about sure, sure. control. And, you know, I want to say, like... Uh, Chess is very much about that. Where it's yeah, just definitely. about like, like you know, um, I'm going to you know, I'm going to set myself up in such a way that I'm going to leave you very limited options, and I'm going to have yeah. a way to respond to all of those. Like that is that is kind of like all games. That is sort of the nature of conflict. If you want to get real good at conflict, yeah. Like I, I there's, just... there's even a lot of um, techniques on like verbal like confrontations about you know different personality types and like Hmm. ways and like whether using the active or passive voice that work the exact same way about just like enemy control i just think it's most obvious in fighting games because like you know picture five seconds of high level fighting game play in your mind like it's either you know sort of mind game rock paper scissors stuff of like Mm -hmm. you know putting out pokes and taking a step forward taking a step back maneuvering stuff until someone connects and then one player is doing something and the other one is watching as a combo happens to them. I, there are a number of fighting games like that. I think those are really, really bad ones. Yeah. Like, like over time, like I said, I've been getting a lot of appreciation for the PS2 Mortal Kombat games mm-hmm. because, like, the most combos, like three hits. Like, like the part, the part that I see about fighting games are very much about, um, is sort of about like mind games. It's about mm-hmm. just you know. How is my opponent going to act? And, and, and not not even about like you know where they are on the screen, but it's about like how are they going to act and how do I respond to that? Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting thing because you you like consider them on two levels of like the character they picked and that character's you know what utility they have, you know what their move set is, what they can do, and then you know the person controlling them as well and how you've seen them play before and how you see them react to you and like that stuff is really interesting. Yeah, um, it's just I. I really don't like the, you know, long string combo style of fighting game that seems really, really popular. Yeah. But, I mean, like, that's the thing. Like, like even when we were playing yesterday, I feel like... Blockmore? Because, <laughs> like, that's the thing. I feel like a lot of what you do is kind of just, you know, you're either, like, trying to learn it or you're trying to do something, but, like you keep trying to get into this place of, like, I'm going to do stuff until, you know, I put him in a place where he can't do anything. And just, like, I feel like you don't really look for openings. Like, like you like you just kind of, like, constantly keep trying stuff, but sometimes all you do is just, like, wait, learn your opponent, see what he does, and then it's like, like all right, he's going to, you know, he's going to feel pretty confident here. If he goes up, I'm just going to hit him there. It's almost like... In a lot of ways, like I end up approaching Dark Souls, like more as a fighting game than as like a like a action game, mm-hmm. because it, it's a lot about patience. It's about blocking. It's just being like, all right, I'm just gonna you know figure out what they can do and then just wait for them to open themselves up. And when they're open, I'm just gonna go in. Sure. Like like it, it's that sort of difference is like, <laughs> wow, fighting games I think are a bit more passive. Because I generally play them on the higher, or not the higher, but just, like, on that idea of just, like, it's about learning your opponent and waiting for them to goof so that you can get in underneath them. 
Which is why, like, there's some interesting games where, like, um, like, there's two interesting things that can happen, which is either, A, like, both players play really defensively and just, like, every time somebody goes for it, the other one is already defending themselves back, and those can make for some really interesting games where just, like, like, it, it basically leads to, like, a lot of, like, countering and canceling and just, like, nobody can get a hit in edgewise, but they're constantly trying to do it. I think just, like, as you get higher tier in fighting games, like, the window that counts as an opening gets smaller and smaller and smaller, yeah. and you're better able to hit it. Yeah. Um. Uh, <clears throat> and it's just, like, you know, it, it can easily to, like, very boring games where people just, you know, will turtle each other and just, like, nothing ever happens. Um, but, like, it's also weird because, like, you can't win by doing nothing. And that's why, you know, blockades and stuff like that come into play. It's just, like, and a timer. Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> it's all about, well, I got to do something. Um, Cat. But then it's, like, you know, who's going to do the less safe thing? And, you know. Is it worth it? And and that's where the bluff things come into play because it's like, well, it would be crazy to do the less safe thing. Nobody would do that, so they won't be expecting me to do that. So I will do the craziest thing. Sure, yeah. And then your opponent sees you just throwing a heavy kick out of nowhere, and they're like, "Oh, that one has like a six frame wind up. I'm just gonna punch him." And then he punched you, and then that opens up his combo. Yeah, in a game where there's combos, yeah, combos like that. And then you know you're just in it, mm-hmm. um, but but no, like like you know, ideally the place where you use that is just like you know, when they're expecting like you know they're leaving extremely tiny openings and they're not you know, they might expect you to throw something short. At which point they'll you know they'll go into a defense mode. But then by the time they're coming out of defense mode, you're coming out of the longer animation than they expected, and you end up seeing their opening. It's very weird, just like like counter, just like who's going to goof at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think. Yeah, I, I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> the other game we picked up was Blur. <laughs> well, it was King of Fighters thirteen. Yeah, and then it just got old quickly. You haven't touched that no. since. All right. It- no interest to. Got it. You saw. All it's the also been like twenty hours. I played a lot of Blur in the last 20 hours. I'd rather play Fire Emblem. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, yeah, because Blur is fucking fun. Um, like, yeah. I, I realized that I, like, didn't know that game at all. Like, I thought it was an arcade title. Yeah. I, I had no idea what it was. And in a lot of ways, it kind of feels like an arcade title. Mm-hmm. Um, because as I was saying to you last night when we were playing it, like, it is exceptionally gamey. Yeah. Like, it has licensed cars... And that's about as far as its resemblance to a driving game goes. Yep. Um, you move forward all the time. Yeah. And it's got power-ups and health bars. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's a kart racer. Yeah. Like, it's great. Up. Yeah. It, it's... And, you know... I know a bit about kart racers because I hate Mario Kart so much. Mm-hmm. Um... But, you know, between, like, Mario Kart and that uh, Sonic All-Stars Racing Transformed game, I played a Starring bunch of Starring Danica Patrick. Starring Danica Patrick. Full D- title, please. She's, she's not in the title, amazingly enough. It's, it's the kind of thing where you just turn it on and you go, like, you're like, here's all these Sega characters. And Danica Patrick! <laughs> Her car's got six wheels. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's an Indy car with six wheels. And turns into an airplane in a boat. 
That game's all right. <laughs> then you play as Samba de Amigo. Can you play as uh, Biggs the Cat? No. Okay. Okay. I rest my case. Yeah. You can play as the dude from Golden Axe. Can wait? What? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is Sega and All Stars Racing. Yeah. Oh, what, what? What characters are in that game? There's uh, a guy from Golden Axe. We got knights. We got Ulala. Oh, uh, okay. We got of Space Channel. Space Channel Five. We got like Beat and Gum of Oh, dude. Jet Set Radio. Uh, we got Wreck It Ralph. Oh yeah, titular character of Wreck It Ralph. That's weird. Yeah, and not even <laughs> Vanellope, the one who no. drives a car. No, Wreck It Ralph. <laughs> yeah. Um, they couldn't get uh, they couldn't get Sarah on the line. Alex Kidd is in that game. Uh, who's Alex Kidd again? He was almost a mascot character for the Master Drive right before Sonic. Shut up. <laughs> what? Um, one time Alex Kidd went to Ninja Land. Okay. Um, oh, of Alex Kidd in Lin- Ninja Land. Yeah, yeah. Shinobi Land. Maybe there was like three or four Alex Kidd games of Alex. Yeah, Kidd like in. that. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Um. Then of course you got like the entire Sonic cast. So that's sure. Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Rose. Shadow, uh, and yeah, I uh, I of Super Monkey Ball is oh, in that game. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he does not drive a ball. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Does Does his cart at least have like a big bubble canopy? No, it's a banana. <laughs> I hope that is acceptable. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, Does this banana, like, spin around and float above the ground? No, it's, it's kind of three bananas, and then they turn triangular and become, like, a like a big viper. Ooh, okay. Or uh, kind of a bit more like an R-wing. It looks a lot like an R-wing made out of bananas. Okay, I see it. Yeah. Um... That's mainly who's in the game. I'm trying to remember. And Danica Patrick, of course. Yeah, yeah. Danica Patrick is in the game. She's the only real person. Um, <laughs> and you can play as your uh, your avatar. Okay. So that's pretty cool. Um, what sort of cart do you get? You get an Xbox controller cart. <laughs> it's actually not too bad. You count it as a heavy character. but Is this game an Xbox exclusive? No, it is Xbox PC. Is it on PC? I think so. And it's on the 3DS. <laughs> it's on a lot of things. I, I Can you I, drive as your me in an Xbox controller? Boy, howdy! I hope so. Me too. Yeehaw! What? Um, but yeah. So kart racers are like. There's a way to do a kart racer right. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and like Blur does it really well. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of clarity of what's going on, even though it's got that crazy everything's glowing. We feel it's like we, you know, took a hit of Daft Punk, um, sure, sort of aesthetic to it. Uh, dropped a tab of Daft Punk, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. Okay, just uh, I believe that's the, the correct nomenclature. Slipped some Daft Punk <laughs> under their tongue. Yeah, um, yeah. But there's like a, a lot and of... then like they threw up all over my dad's shoes and were like, "Oh, I'm really going to enjoy this show now." Yes, that happened once. Okay, one time my dad <laughs> went to a concert and a guy like downed a fistful of mushrooms and immediately threw up on his shoes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, the things that will happen. Yep. Uh. I want to hear more like what you like so much about it because you like this game a lot. I really do. Um, like, I it is visually phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like in the sense that phenomena are happening all of the time. Okay, yeah. Like yeah. constantly there are, you know, pulsing fireballs and like spinning bolt shots and stuff going off and you know, sparks flying off when you're grinding against walls, which you're going to do because I'm bad at this game. Yeah, that happened um, a bunch. But somehow, despite all of that, the game, like, is really clear about communicating to you. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I don't know how accurate they are because there's a propensity for this sort of thing to just be, like, you know, completely inaccurate. But in video games, like, before, when you pick a car and it's like, this is what car it is, you know, it's the Celica, blah, 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 whatever. But it's just like, no, this one's drifty. It's yeah. got like, you know, three top speed, two acceleration, this much grip, this much health. Yeah. Um, so it tells you that, and that's good. Um, you know, there's color-coded power-ups that are all... Color-coded players. There's color-coded players. If you're playing split-screen with AI race drivers as well... It will highlight the other human player with a cone of light in the sky. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so you know exactly who you're looking for when you're looking to shunt somebody. Yep. Um, just a, by the way, just the fact that that game has four player split screen and system link land play. Yeah, and like really good online and like pretty decent single player. But so some of the things about the single player that I don't think you, I think it was right after you went home, like. They introduced the idea of fan challenges, mm-hmm. where basically what it is is, like, there are power-ups on the track that are just like, all right, we're going to give you a mine, and the fans want you to hit somebody in front of you with this mine in, like, the next 30 seconds, and if you do, you get a big fan bonus. Nice. And these are just sprinkled all over the track, yeah. like, different power-ups. One, some of them are just like, here's a nitro. Wait for a downhill and then hit 200 miles an hour. I don't think I've ever seen a speedometer on the screen come to yeah. think of it. Like, that, that is largely, like, what I like most about this game is that it is incredibly gamey. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels really good to play it. Yeah. And it it doesn't have, like, any... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, there's, like... I, there's, like, nothing that frustrates you from it. Yeah. I find. it Much like that Kirby Wii game, it's yeah. pretty... Well, no, I mean, there was that one time... Where it was like, okay, you got to do a one-on-run race with this guy, and I tried it over and over and over again and could never get fucking close to him. Yeah. Um, but even still, I kept trying it. But no, no, it, it, it's it got no pred- predilection, pred- prejudice? No, um, pretension. Mm. Like, it doesn't attempt to do any sort of simulation-y stuff. It's like, like, it's just like, hey, you're here to play a video game. Like and then you, it does all the stuff that a video game needs. Like yeah. here are like stat bars. Here's what power ups look like. Here's you know you're gonna be able to target. We're gonna show you stuff. Yeah. What do we, what do we want to do today? We want a fucking race. Do we want anything else? I don't know. Fucking shield three projectiles and shunt this many cars off the road and beat this challenge with 15 seconds left over. I'm like okay yeah sure got it. And it just seems like. And they, they don't even do, like, the, the way Assassin's Creed 3 failed, though, where it's just like, oh, you didn't get it? Oh, you failed. It's just like, it's like well, you, no, you didn't get it this time. You want to yeah. try again? All right. We'll, t- we'll tell you when you get it. Like, and it, it's good positive feedback. It's kind of weird. I, I don't want to use, like, nothing is fucked up about this as, like, a positive metric, but, like, there's no, like, DLC content that I'm missing out on. Mm-hmm. I can't not play it because the servers aren't down or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, here is this game. Play this fucking game. Like, it just seems really respectful to the concept of game. Yeah. 
it's it, it it is very much that they were just like see and that's like the weird thing because like it see, how did mario kart mess that up in that case because mario kart has never been a simulation racer or anything no. it's for a while it was kind of like the de facto this is your kart racer like, um, I, I think because it part of what this game does is that it doesn't have a lot of the really heavy rubber banding that Mario Kart does. Like, you know, if you have earned a lead, it's not going to, like, give everyone else behind you something to take away that lead mm. that you made. Because, I don't know, aren't they not having as much fun? Yeah, I mean, like, there is sort of a... The, there's this weird, like, the packs themselves are big enough because, like, you got, like, usually, like, between 15 and 20 cars in a race. Yeah, yeah. But, like, the packs are big enough that you at least feel like you're doing something. You never feel like you're totally in a lurch. Like, it'll even, like, if you just come to a stop, it'll just be like, all right, rolling start again. Here, we'll put you this close. Yeah, every race is a rolling start. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, <sighs> I really like Blur. Yeah, it's really, really good. It seems like... I don't even want to – it's going back to this idea. Like, I don't even want to say it's a B title. Like, it seems like a solid, like – It doesn't – it's it's not striving for anything. It is striving to be a video game kart racer. Like, it's not – yeah, like, it it doesn't attempt to do a lot. But, like, in terms of being a kart racer with power-ups and, like, shiny things all over the place and a bunch of goals for you to do, it fucking nails that in, like, a solid – a way. Yeah. Like, not a triple A way, and not a $5 indie game way, but just in a, like, this is a fucking solid game. Yeah. It is not this year's visual spectacle. No. You know, it looks really good. Yeah, it does. Um, but, uh, you know, it's not, you know. Like, they, I think this is another time when you say it was a game that had a clear vision. Yeah. Um, and, because it's like, I, I think around the same time that I was originally played the demo for this, I was also playing the demo for Split Second. Yep. And that game was... did like, I, I think I kind of just conflated those in my mind because they both kind of came out around the same time, yeah. right? Uh, I want to say they did. Uh, but, like, that one was doing this thing about, you know, like, oh, we're going to change tracks and it's going to be about, you know, fighting other cars and using yeah, yeah. the environment against them. And that was pretty good, but, like, it wasn't very fun. Like, Because, like, sometimes there's this design idea of, like, we have this idea... We're going to get this idea into the game. Yeah. Whereas this, whereas Blur is a lot like, we're going to make a kart racer, and like you have this idea of like, okay, we we've seen kart racers before. We know we can pick out you know the good things about kart racers, and we can just put those all together, mm. and we can make things very basically just like between the rear view mirror and the way that it blinks, and all of the ways that you can get rid of stuff behind you. Like it, one of the things that's never frustrating is like you're never really confused like mm. by anything. Like, just, like, like everything happens, and you, like, see it coming just long enough. Yeah. Or, like, you know, like, you can see, like, oh, well, I goofed, or, oh, this happened, or, um, uh, but, and there isn't really rubber banding, which should be frustrating, because there's some games where you're just, like, I'm in eighth place, I've been in eighth place the whole race, I finished in eighth place, oh, well. There's been a couple of times where I've been, like, in second or third, and then, like, right at the end, I hit something, and it drops me down, like, fifth or, or sixth. And that's a little frustrating, but it's not happening very often. But then, you know, there have also been, like, just last night I can remember a couple races where I've been, like, you know, 14 out of 20 or whatever, just kind of in, like, the the back of the middle pack of that race, and then just was able to make a hole for myself through that pack. Yeah. And finish in, like, you know, 
maybe not first, but maybe like you know third. You know, fourth. You, you you move your way up. The the only thing that like I can't explain what the difference is between like being in the middle of the pack or being at the front of the pack. Like sometimes I really feel like I just have a lucky race. Mm. Um, but then you know we were playing a whole bunch of multiplayer with all the computers, and it seems like I get luckier races more often than you do. <laughs> so you know, I, I think there must be some sort of difference in player skill. That yeah, is yeah. Taking I, I think there is a, a pretty like I don't think it's to the same level as like a technical simulation game like Forza or something. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a pretty like there's a decent skill ceiling to that game. Mm. Which, and maybe this is, like, sort of the difference from... And I appreciate that. Like, from playing it now, the last time I played it, I think a lot of it has to do with, like, not drifting. Mm. Like, like they have, like, grippy and very drifty cars, but I think the thing about that is, like, if a car is very drifty, that usually is also a sign that it's very, very fast. Yeah. And, like, you know, drifting is better than hitting a wall and coming to a stop, but if you can make it through a turn without even drifting, then I find you just do better in general. I mean, they do kind of incentivize drifting in a couple ways. Like, you get more points if you fire a shot off and hit someone during a drift. There, there's a lot of fan challenges that are like, do this thing during a drift. Mm-hmm. There's a couple just for, like, you know, drifting entire turn. Um, the only time drifting is really helpful is that I found if you are in the middle of a drift and you use a nitro, you fire just, straight. Yeah, you come out of it straight. It's like... You are, you are straight in the direction your car was going. There's no fishtailing. There's no nothing. It's just like, I'm drifting. Now I am forward really fast. It's like centripetal force. It's like swinging around a yo-yo and then cutting the string. That yo-yo flies straight. Yeah. Um, other than that, like it's I find... In a I, real satisfying way. Yeah. Also, just like... They let you fire nitros backwards. Yeah. <laughs> to just give you, like, like a second of just, like, all right, you're going to have, like, a second and a half when you're moving at a snail's pace. You can make super tight turns, and then you're going to shoot back to whatever speed you were at. Oh, is that how it works? That's how it works. It's oh, like a little, I would like, be more apt bubble. to do that yeah. then. Because it's just like, you don't need to stop for this turn. Boom. Nice. It's got, it's got a real good foom on it. Especially because, like, it builds, like, a little bubble yeah, in front like, of your car while you're paused. This this game does a lot of things, like, visually that are, like, real effective but not totally distracting. Like, they do a lot of field of vision stuff. Like, when you hit a nitro, there's, like, this... Your 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 field of vision, like, contracts and then expands back out as it yeah. hits. And, like, the, the homing shunt power-up, like, it has these ripples that come off of it. Yeah. That it... Oh, I fucking love this game. I was doing a race, and I was just, like, somewhere in the middle of the pack, and I was just watching people just, like, we were on the beach side and just heading for the finish line, and it was just this long stretch, and, like, a couple of people were, like, hitting each other with power-ups and not, like, kind of whiffing, but just, like, little, like, brightly colored, like, particles were just coming off of everyone as we were going along, and it was just really pretty. But, yeah, like, I don't know, that game has actually been, like, the first thing to really tempt me to bring, like, okay, second thing to tempt me to bring back... Uh, my gold account. The first one being uh, Portable Ops in the HD Metal Gear Collection. Oh, Christ, yeah. Because Portable Ops. Just, like, can you play, can you, like, play co-op over live in yeah. that game? Oh, fuck. Up to four players. It's just like oh, it was on the thing. fuck. What's that running on Amazon right now? Like, 40 bucks? I don't know. Yeah, I know, right? 
I mean, we didn't even like. Well, we finished that game, but we didn't even do like all the bonus stuff. On all the, the post game. I met a dragon once, and I shot him with all my rockets, Wait, and then you, he didn't go down. You you did a Monster Hunter mission? Yeah, I, went, I made it to the Monster Hunter missions. I never wanted to, like, go through all of fucking what's-his-name's chat logs. It's okay. You can skip them all. Oh, you don't actually have to read them? You can just say, activate, skip, activate, skip? Yeah. Oh. That's what I did. Okay. And then and then it's kind of funny, because, like... And then you can hunt a Tigrex. Yeah. I, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty worth it. The, the problem is, like... You have to do, like, three specific missions in order to, like, unlock the special mission that you need for the item to do the thing in the first mission to find a guy to unlock it. <sighs> There's a guide for it. It's, like, four steps, and the only thing was, it's like, one of them was, like, like, okay, like, you need to hunt these three more big tanks to unlock this Oops. mission that'll let you go backwards. And Sorry. that was just hard on my own. Yeah. Um. Oh, you want to play some Peace Walker? I don't have my PSP with me. You want to play Blur? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, Alika Studios is a website. It's got comics and stuff on it. I was spending some time rebuilding the comics page today because I want to upload like, like two or three short comics that I've completed recently that don't have a home yet. So uh, probably by the next podcast or the one afterwards, those will be up on the site. I'll let you know. Um, we on Facebook, we on iTunes, we on Twitter, we on Tumblr. Yeah. We got an email. We got an email. It's we podcast at lucastudios.net. Yes. Go make yourself a square face icon. They're real cute. They're pretty cute. They had a scarf. Yeah. yeah. We good? Until next time, remember to take credit for anything you can. Just, what is that? Pants? I'm going to write my name on it. Just get a Sharpie. Just write your name on it. Lick it so they know it's yours.